Welcome to Level 7, Episode 148. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 3, Episode 12, The Inside Man. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Ah, agents. I've missed you. I've missed you so much. This is Agent Daniel. Though we were apart because of him, you were always on my mind. But now I'm back together with this guy. Me? Yeah, you. Uh, Am I the him or am I this guy? Yeah, the him. The Uh, him who kept the agents and me separated. Something like that, sure. Your visit. I'll take take 20% of the blame on that, but... Okay, to be fair, usually you only should be 20 set of the blame. Could you introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. I'm Ben. Ben Avery. But come on. <laughs> this time you have to take 70% of the blame. Oh, I could possibly take more. Although I do believe that my vacation basically timed pretty well with all of the reasons you wouldn't be able to record. Am I correct? Like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so... Anyway, I, I, I've been the last few weeks. I've had some. Okay, here it is. Lacrosse is Tuesday nights. So I mean, it's Tuesday night, and right at the moment, because I'm in an indoor space, I have to drive really, really far. But hopefully soon, I'll have my field. But I drove farther. I, I drove even farther this time because I was. You you did. Oh. You drove to a different country. I you did. had your passport, and it was fun. You got checked at the border, and then you went to Tim Hortons. Of course, I went to Tim Hortons. You have to do That's when you when I go to Canada, I have to go to Tim Hortons. I have to buy Smarties candies and I have to visit a comic shop and hopefully I'll find some form of some comic from long ago. That'll be cheap. And yeah, so that's well with the current exchange rate. I'm sure it couldn't have been that much. <laughs> I mean, so, cheap. I mean, well, the current exchange rate is is not great, but that's another Another conversation for another time, another day. For a different podcast, Ben. Totally for a different podcast. So, All right, so here we go. 50-50%. We're behind. Let's go into that intelligence report. Let's do it. Shield intelligence report. Ben, I got three things for you. All right, let's hear them. Or I could save something for another episode. Nah, let's just do them. Okay, three things. Three things. Things for you to consider. I'm considering them. Boom. Captain American Civil War. Post credits. Multiple confirmed by the Russo brothers. Yes. Uh, they. I think we're joking when they said three, but you never know. I think there's going to be at least two, don't you? Probably. Probably. Ain't, so, ain't nothing I wrong think, with that. We we deserve this. Why? Because we, we didn't get one at, at Ultron. We've been owed. And so the Russos know what we need. They're pro us. For the record, they don't owe us anything. You know, they're creating their art. And and we're, you know, we get the benefit of of witnessing it and paying them to see it. But yeah, but we like their art better when there's post credits. Sure. I'll take that. All right. Number two. Number two. You have the calendar out. 
What? You have your calendar out. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because there's things you need to know. Okay. And I know that you are currently watching Daredevil Season 2. I am. And I know that you are not currently watching Daredevil Season 2. Have not started. It's been busy. But March 18th, 27... No? Yeah, 2017. No, wait! I'm looking at the wrong thing! What are you looking at? March 18th, we just had. So confused. Here we go. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. September... 30th, 2016. There we are. Oh, geez. I can't do math. Marvel's <laughs> Luke hard. Cage. Math is hard. Marvel's, Marvel's Luke Cage. It's coming. It's coming to your house, literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a boom right there, man. That's a crack of thum. I'm really excited about it. Uh, will you watch it? <laughs> yeah, dude, I watch them all. I'm... Again, I just don't live my life around TV. Yeah, I know you don't. And that's a good thing. That's a very good thing. I try not to, too. All right. And finally. Finally. Jeremy Renner has said he'd like to do a Hawkeye Netflix series. (laughs) In other words, the headline reads, this just in. Yeah, sure. I'd do something to get paid because it's my job and I love doing my job. Well, he thinks that maybe he'd have some time to do more character development. Well, yeah, you mean more time than he got in the two Avengers movies? Yeah, probably. He's pretty critical to Age of Ultron. Yeah, but character development? You know, we didn't, we got to see his family. And there was quite a bit, as you know, compared to the time before. But yeah, you get 13 hours and you can. You're still resentful about the fact they never shot an arrow in Thor, Thor aren't you? <sighs> it's a problem. It's, it's a an problem. old joke. It's a hot mess of one. But it's, it's an a, old joke. Then. It's a problem. It's yeah. a problem. You you bring your guy who can shoot arrows, and then he just thinks about shooting an arrow, and then doesn't shoot an arrow. Hey, at least he pulled back. Yeah. yeah. And he didn't dry fire. So. Okay. Well, you know what? There's also one more thing. Someone sent us a message about a news item we forgot and missed last time. Do you remember what this was, Daniel? This that was, was weeks ago. This was announced before our last episode that we recorded, and we said nothing about it. There is well, no, I had good reason to. Man. There is no audio confirmation of us actually even acknowledging this thing happening. Well, let's acknowledge it. Let's acknowledge it. Season four, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been confirmed. <laughs> They've renewed the show. And we didn't mention it on the show. It's got that, yeah, it right. is. It is kind of an important detail for us as podcasters. Uh, ABC announced a handful of things uh, before the usual time when they would at the upfronts. And uh, Once Upon a Time was also renewed. I don't remember what else, but stuff. Stuff was renewed. Things that we don't watch or care about was renewed. Uh, you know, just a side Muppets note. It's not renewed yet. Yeah. You know what was uh, canceled after two episodes? Uh, nope. Uh, of Prophets and Kings. The. Uh, Bible Game of Thrones type of show that ABC was trying to put out on Tuesdays at 10 o'clock, I think it was. Um, or at least 10 o'clock in, in real places that, ha- that have uh, real time zones and actual prime time. And yeah, canceled. Two episodes. So Shark Tank is now on at 10 o'clock on Tuesdays after our show. Well... We're a good lead in. 
Yeah, yeah, good lead-in, but for what? Think about all the shows that they've had in that time, 10 o'clock time slot. Not a lot of them have done very well. Other other than Undead Quincy, I really don't know what's been there. Well, Undead Quincy was canceled, but then they've had a couple other shows that, uh, you know, I'd watch the first. Ben, I'm not watching TV at 9 o'clock <laughs> Central on I'm, Tuesdays. No, I. but I remember I used to w- have to wait for you. I and, do. Well, but that was back when we were in 8. Yeah, that was great. I loved that. Anyway, that's our news. Ben, let's let's go talk about the best episode ever. Uh, Let's talk about a pretty solid episode. Sure. Ready? Here we go. Mission report. The inside man, Daniel, the inside man or woman parenthetical. So the title refers to a lot of different possibilities. Oh, yeah, including dresses. <laughs> that is also true. Uh, so you want to just, I don't know, you want to just dive into the act by act kind of thing that we've been doing? Or do we try and reinvent something right here on the fly as we are talking? You know what? Let's reinvent. Let's do a thumbnail and then okay. bounce back and forth at, at each other. A thumbnail. I didn't prepare a thumbnail. Oh, do you want me to do a thumbnail? Well, did you prepare a thumbnail? Well, I can do a thumbnail. Oh, I'm cool like that. Let's. I guess we can try it. <sighs> let's make it happen then. All right. All right. In the inside, man. Wait, 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 wait! You missed something. I'm just kidding. Jeez, I'm, uh, I'm. I'm not doing it now. Oh, I have to do that. I'm Come out. On. I, Daniel, you, you, I had to do it. I had to. You know I had to. I know I had to. Anyone who's listening knows I had to. Unless this is the first episode, and at this point, I don't know if they're still listening, but... You're talking, I'm at the fridge. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. I'm done. No, I'm okay. done. Okay. Really? So you're going to voice this back on me? No, okay, here we go. All right, let's do it. In the warm multimedia man caves of Hydra, Hive hangs out with Malik and considers perhaps new hosts. But Malik needs to leave because throughout the world, a symposium on the new alien threat is being called forth. And so Phil Coulson meets up with his new partner, his new subordinate, his new employee, the Stash, who sadly has marriage problems. The two go off to Taiwan, looking to meet with world leaders to discuss the inhuman issue and come up with a global strategy for the dealing with them. But the whole time, they're looking for the inside man. Who's there working for Malik? As our team goes through hotel rooms, rifling through stuff and personal drawers with drawers in them, the inside man is revealed as Malik enters the symposium and reveals that the stash is the inside man. General Talbot. Meanwhile, the stash. Uh, our, our team is meanwhile fighting with uh, the stash's personal bodyguard, a man we know and hate, Creel. As our two, uh, our inside man and Phil Colson are brought underground. Or it's not really underground. It's like 
to the back uh, room. It's a basement, I think. Yeah, I, I, it does seem basement-y, doesn't there, it? There's stairs involved. As they're brought into the the basement, um, Malik, instead of returning Talbot his his son to him, which is in fact the the thing that he's holding over his head and the cause for Talbot's wedding problems, or as I like to call them, Talbot's checkoffs marital problems. Um, it's revealed that his son is is what uh, Hydra's holding. But instead of giving back the son, Malik decides he's going to kill the stash too. It's reasonable. Then all forces combined, Creel, Talbot, Coulson, and our field team of Hey Girl, Hunter, May, Mac. Mac's there too, right? Mm, I think so. Yeah, Mac's there too. They all combine to fight Hydra. But Malik's on the run with the Russians who are proposing an inhuman sanctuary within their borders. As we head to our our in-credit scene after we very quickly retrieve Talbot's kid and have hugs between the stash and Coulson, we discover that Bobby and Hunter are, in fact, on the airplane with Malik and the Russian delegation. Okay. There See, the thing is, is I'm missing beats, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I even got some stuff out of order, but that's fine. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're yeah. But, you know, it's, it's a thumbnail. It's a thumbnail, so... Who do you I want got to stuff now? to say? I got which will tie into this stuff. Yeah, I got I, like a mind blown moment. We we basically have a, a Coulson story and a, a Talbot story. And Col- both of them this are, is not a Coulson. This is a stash story. This is not a Talbot story. This is all about know. the stash, and I loved it. It is a lot about the stash. Um, he has got, an entire character arc in here. His growth. The stash grows. Yeah, yeah. There's some stuff to talk about. He. Oh man. Yeah, and the the thing is, the stash. He he thinks he's a thinker. He knows, you know, he needs to make plans. He's not quite the planner that Coulson is, but he's close. He had his own inside man. He had his own inside man. It's like an inside man with an inside man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Let's go ahead and let's start with Talbot. I, I'm seriously not joking about the fact that Talbot actually has a character growth moment here. Well, he has to. I mean, if you're going to have someone be in the episode almost every scene, there better be some character development because then if there's not, it's not very good writing. But, but we've also we've seen him in episodes where he's been in at least half the scenes. And to be blunt. Um, two dimensional. He's two dimensional comic relief. Mm hmm. I mean, here we get, and they they set it up well. We get that beginning sort of scene where we we see that, you know, he's having his marital difficulties, and as a married guy, I'm feeling for him a little bit, and and he's got the ultimate excuse. I mean, I'll be honest, Ben. Sometimes I use the excuse, "I need to hang out with Ben," and that really doesn't fly. But the president made me do it. I mean, every guy in America is like, "Yep," every married guy, every husband. Yep, the president made me do it, honey. I'm going to get the T-shirt. <laughs> Gave me the call. I have to do it. So we understand his situation. We feel for him, right? We do feel for him. And, and we then, don't know why exactly these problems are happening. We figure it's pretty much just work-related. What we don't know is that this is not just work-related. It's work-related as far as you know the consequences of not having a secret identity. 
Yeah. Well, and let, let's let throw in the second piece. So we know he's got marital problems, and then we just smack Coulson into the scene. Mm-hmm. He just comes out of nowhere, and he's there. Typical Coulson. And Talbot's mad at him because he's Typical being surveilled. But you can feel for him, can't you? Because here you are, you're having this personal moment, and you feel like someone is watching you. And then it turns out someone is watching you, and it's not someone you really want to hang out with. Well, but I mean, even here, I mean, you really, Ben, if I was arguing with my wife, me and Mrs. Butcher were having a moment, I wouldn't really want you to be part of that. And Coulson and, and Talbot, the stash, have had some history. So the fact that Coulson just pops in, this really isn't a good first day of work impression from Coulson. It literally shows, I am willing to suck in everything about your life. And when he begins to like name off family members, I'm almost like, Coulson, you're such a creeper. You're being a creeper right now. Mm, yeah, I wouldn't call him a creeper, but definitely, I mean, he's holding that information out there and saying, look, dude, I know this stuff and it, I'm being personal about it. But, you know, that's, that's the kind a of thing a vil- well, a villain would say those exact lines and it would be a threat from Coulson. It's not a threat. It's more of a look. I know what's going on. I know the score. I know your life, but we still have work to do. And so maybe it's more if, if it's a threat, it's it's more the kind of threat where. You know, you work for me, and this is going to go on your your year end report. So, so, I mean, I think we can we can understand the reason why there's this verbal sparring at the beginning, and that verbal sparring leads to the fact, you know, we're not we're not friends, we're not partners, and, and you're I'm not my really unhappy about this situation. Yeah, I mean, he he calls it out. He, he, Coulson says, "I'm your boss," and Talbot says, "No, you're not." Talbot's wrong, but he says it. Yeah, the president has said as such. Uh, it's <coughs> Talbot's not happy about the situation. And at this point, we're really thinking the reason he's not happy about the situation is because somehow the, it's A, ticked off his wife, and B, he's working he doesn't with, work with Phil. Yeah, yeah. And then when we move into the, the main symposium scene where he has him wearing the traditional long gown, where Colson is, ba- you get the sense that Colson has forced him into this long gown and Talbot's not comfortable with it. You almost feel like, okay, are we back to comic relief? Is this Colson poking on the stash more? Okay. So Colson pokes on the stash for comic relief. Yes. But you know, Talbot's his own comic relief too. Oh, geez. It's, it's brilliant acting. I haven't seen Adrian Pastere act like this since the first season of Heroes. I don't think you've seen him act like this in the first season of Heroes. Well, either. there was never any comedy, but I mean, just the top-notch dramatic acting. I mean, the ability to just drop a line that is so incredibly wrong. Yeah, yeah, and he does. He does. Uh, he, he pretty much should not be working in diplomacy. Or all. spycraft. Yeah, yeah. No, because I, literally everyone there... Is his he figure he calls them out as the inside man, and after about the third one, you're like, okay, there's seven delegates. He's going to name them all. Yeah, yeah. And Colson he calls it out. He lampshades it. He says, "Congratulations, you've just uh, you've just pointed out every single one of them." And then we 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 have these great moments. He he says the absolute wrong thing, and he's confident about it. I tell you all the time, Ben, be confident. So, like, when he's talking about the dress, you know, the long gown, he's like, I don't put on a dress for just anybody. 
You know, again, it's the wrong thing to say, but he's so confident about it. How could that possibly be thought of as the right thing to say when you're talking to someone like I'm wearing part of your culture, but I don't understand it. So I am just going to own it and tell you how much and show you how much I don't understand. I, yeah, again, not made for diplomacy, but that's not why he's there. I mean, we don't know this yet, but he is there as Malik's inside man. I mean, there's no way he's not going to be going and doing this. Uh, You get the feeling that could he be doing this on purpose? Could he be now later on? We don't, we don't know this now, but could he be, he's doing everything he's supposed to do. He's doing it the way he's supposed to do it, but he's also bristling against it. He would bristle against working with Coulson, but he's also bristling against, he has to be the inside man. He has to be the bad guy and he knows it. He's working for Hydra right now. And I think maybe you've just asked the unanswered question for me, which is, is Talbot faking some of this? Is he, you know, he knows Coulson's smart, so is he acting dumb sometimes to keep Coulson off guard and to keep and to keep Coulson antagonized? Yeah, because, I mean, he knows Coulson isn't frustrated with what he's saying because what he's saying is not good. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that, would, not that would code. be something I'd love to know. It's I, not I, I code. Wish. It's not him trying to show Coulson, uh, look, something's wrong, you know, but I can't tell you anything's wrong. I'm just going to you know, try and codify the wrongness to you. And he, he, he can't do that. I, I, I feel like he really is planning on going through with what he's planning on going through with. And, and Coulson's going to have to be left behind because his son is at stake. And, but he has his own inside man. That's the one redeeming factor here as he is going through all of this. And then you find out that half, it's not really the half episode twist point, but that big twist, Malik comes in and Talbot turns over Coulson, exposes Coulson. And at first I'm thinking he's doing this as a distraction tactic or, you know, he's got a plan that Coulson's not in on. But no, no, no. He's the inside man. He is the inside man. And this is not good. I mean, he is saving his son, but the cost is far greater you know there there's a huge huge cost to to doing this i mean he is giving the upper hand to the enemy but he has a plan is it a colson level plan it is not but he has creel and for some reason creel is dedicated well it and i mean that whole creel arc which is the second thing that's going on here he is not only creel is dedicated but he's He's tied to Creel. He is protective of Creel. And he makes the comment that, you know, he trusts Creel with his life. Yeah. He, he, and he does make that comment. And we think multiple times there's no reason to trust Creel because we're with Hunter. But Creel, Creel shows that he deserves the trust. The, Talbot deserves, I mean, he deserves Talbot's trust. And and shows it multiple times. It's weird and unexpected that that Creel actually is trustworthy, as far as Talbot's concerned. 
Yeah, we should probably talk about that too as a separate sort of big arc that we have here. It is a big conversation. Let's finish talking about Talbot, then we'll come so, back to So, so Talbot's the spy. He's the inside man. Um, does he trust Malik? Is the the other question? Because no, well, he shouldn't. I mean, there's you, certain you kinds really of bad him. guys. There's certain kinds of bad guys where you can say, okay, if I do this, but I he's know kidnapper. That I'm gonna do that. <laughs> Well, he, yeah, he's a kidnapping kidnapper who naps kids. Yeah. You don't trust somebody who naps kids. Right? No, no, no. Uh, now, there are certain bad guys who have their code of honor. Malik is not one of them. Malik is not someone you say, oh, he's threatening me with something that I could use against him if I'm ever set free. No, he, Malik's not going to do this. Malik's not going to follow through on his end of the deal. And he can't. Come on, Talbot. Watch more superhero TV. You know you can't trust him. And so we find out that not only is he not going to give the son to Talbot, he's going to kill Talbot. But this is where the inside man, Creel, comes. Saves the day. Saves the day. That Creel. So Talbot's son is rescued off camera. Yeah, that was a little quick. <laughs> well, you know, and I was a little bit confused. I, I thought we might be going in a, what is a, oh, who's the general, general striker. I thought we were going in the general striker direction where Talbot's son is actually an inhuman. I thought maybe Talbot's son was the, the kid inside the, the uh, matrix gel or whatever it is that they had for that inhuman that uh, at least uh, maybe I'm confused. I, they had an inhuman in a truck, right? Well, there was somebody in a truck and I assumed it was an inhuman. And I assumed it was Talbot's son who was an inhuman, but then the inhuman is taken away and they don't find the inhuman, but may comes back in the truck with Talbot's son She's rescued Talbot's son. And so there's a little bit of confusion there for me, but I don't think Tal I know now Talbot's son was not the inhuman. No, well, Talbot's son was who was there, but he's not inhuman. Right. But if you're talking about that, in the, in the, we're talking about the move him now. Uh huh. That that's that, a that is my biggest shocker. The move him now. The move him now is not the inhuman in the truck. Who's not an inhuman? That's Talbot's son. So Talbot's son was in the truck. Yes. Okay. Okay. That was not move, the inhuman, but there was an inhuman. There. The Australians somebody, have an inhuman there, right? Dude, move him now is huge, but we'll get to that. Okay. All right. So Talbot gets his son back. Talbot is now friends with Coulson. They have worked together. You, you talk about Talbot's character arc, but there's a character arc there for Coulson too. It's a relationship character arc. It's the, these two men, coming together and joining forces. They used to hate each other. And now they've worked together. Coulson has proven himself trustworthy and Talbot has proven himself to not be a complete idiot. You know, it's similar to when you and I met, Daniel. Yes, you've proven to not be a complete idiot. Yeah, yeah. When you and I met, we were antagonists. We were against each other. And then... We joined forces and, and created this podcast. And 
you know, there's still our, we, we still have our moments. And I'm sure Colson and Talbot will have their moments. I hope that we see Talbot again. It's a, he's a, he, always a joy, always a pleasure to have Talbot. Well, he does work. He does. But this does is one of his things more. working. He, he's working here. So it'll be nice to see him again. Well, and again, as we end, we check off relationship conversations. You know, they're partners now. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, if you came and saved my son from a kidnapping kidnapper who kidnapped, I would probably be okay with that. And I would do that, Daniel. I would totally do everything I could to rescue your son from a kidnapping kidnapper who napped kids. I would. You heard it here well, first, should, everyone. You heard it should, here first. Should we talk about the mutant? Well, it is a mutant. Shall we talk about the inhuman who needs to be moved? Yeah, let's talk about the move him now. Because did you catch the name? I did not catch the name. It's Eden Fessy. I still have not caught the name. It's Manifold. He's an Avenger. He's a mutant. He's a secret warrior. He's a creation of Jonathan Hickman. He's part of Daisy's secret warrior team in the secret warrior comic book. Is he Australian? He is Australian. Because it was the Australian delegate who was saying, move him now. The Australians have an inhuman. They got him moved. He's a teleporter. Ah, Do we see him then? No. Okay. We do not see Manifold. We don't, but that's who the file was for. It would, the name on it was very clearly Eden Fessy, which again, this is somewhat of a big deal because um, they'd have to expunge the fact that he's a mutant. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you remember that classic Claremont run of the X-Men mm-hmm. gateway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You remember him? Uh-huh. The, the, Aust- the Australian Aborigine teleporter. Who yes. whips around is, a bolo or something like that. And he's Manifold's mentor. Okay. Because again, they have they do the same thing. I always kind of thought they were family members, but maybe they're not. Um well, they're both from Australia, yeah. though, right? But it, it's a secret warrior. Hmm. And it's a secret warrior who's also an Avenger. Cool. So I mean, I think that's a pretty di- I mean, it's like, hey, before the Sony or no, before Fox can claim Manifold, they're claiming Manifold. Which, again, free and clear, he's an Avenger. Let's make something clear here, though. I mean, there's mutants and then there's Avengers and there's all that kind of thing. But uh, to say that a character is an Avenger is not really saying much in terms of movie Avengers and, and that kind of thing. So if I in say the he's comics, a secret warrior. Yeah, and in, then he, in, in the, the comics, almost everybody has been an Avenger. Well, Even I Captain it. Ultra has been an Avenger. I'm pretty sure D-Man hasn't been an Avenger. Oh, D-Man was. Oh, man, we've got to talk about this because D-Man was a supporting cast member in the Captain America run. That is one of my favorite comic book runs of all time. But it also, I believe, involves something else that we're going to talk about in this episode. But continue manifold. Why? But but yeah, I mean, I thought that was a huge deal. I mean, to see that name on that file again, secret warrior, an Avenger. He w- had a big part in Hickman's run in the Avengers, the, which led to the d- destruction of the entire Marvel Universe. You know, not a big deal. <laughs> well, maybe a, a little bit of a big deal. So that was a big wow moment for me. 
is the fact that we've at least a name-checked manifold. Okay, that's cool. That's fun. And when you think about the Secret Warriors as set up, we think about Yo-Yo, we think about Joey, the fact that everybody's separated, it would make everything easier if Daisy could just get on her Apple Watch and call up everybody and have Manifold get them together. Yeah. What what I think needs to happen, honestly, is I need to start reading Secret Warriors. Well, apparently, because everybody's coming in. Yeah. Yeah, and this is what, yeah, this is what this is based on, you know, similar to how maybe Civil War isn't exactly going to be, okay, not maybe, Civil War isn't going to be exactly Civil War. However, this is Secret Warriors now, and is it going to be exactly Secret Warriors? No, no, but I think I need to read it because there's characters coming up, and you know them, and I don't. There's a magic one coming. Well, if it was Secret Warriors, there would be a magic one coming. But Dr. Druid? No, no. <laughs> I can't remember his name. So, But yeah, I, that was a whole, a whole moment. We, we should probably talk about Creel's arc. Let's talk about Creel's arc because I am a little bit confused about Creel here. Maybe so, confused is not quite the right word, but I'm with Lance Hunter. I'm with Hunter. So so let's let's take the two opposing views. Uh-huh. Okay. Let me make the case for Creel and I will be the stash since I want to hug him. And I will let you be Hunter. Okay. And then let's have a little debate on in the end, where are we at? All right. So according to the stash. According to the stash. Creel was um brainwashed by Hydra, used against his will, a good kid from the streets. So, you know, he got into some trouble from time to time. Who hasn't? But overall, someone who is trustworthy at this point wants to help out and and can be trusted to protect the world's third greatest expert on inhumans. <laughs> yeah. And Lance Hunter sees the man who killed some of his best friends. Well, is he? I mean, how? Well, you know, yeah, I am yes, you. he is. He he was tight with Izzy. I mean, we don't know how tight, but it's possible that Izzy was part of the Three Amigos. I mean, they were tight. Tight. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm hearing them say, okay, well, no, Creel, he's, he was brainwashed. And, And truthfully, in context of the story, if he was brainwashed and did those things, I would have a hard time working with the man. But... In the context of the story, he was brainwashed. He was acting against his will. For me, it's not so much a problem accepting the character as they present him. It's that they present him that way at all. That he did all that stuff, which is nice callback. I, I like that they're doing that callback, and it does create a, uh, a roadblock, a problem uh, for, for Hunter. Te- definite tension. Yeah, it, his hunter's team is working with a man who killed his, his friend, a couple of his friends. And that would be difficult for anyone to deal with. He feels betrayed by this, but then they throw in the brainwash thing. And I feel like that's a cop out. I feel like they throw in the brainwash thing 
mainly so that Talbot doesn't look so bad bringing this guy in. It, it almost feels like a comic book reset. You know, let's come up with an excuse on why there's no consequences for his earlier actions. Right. And there's only so many of those con- so many of those resets you can use. Brainwash is clearly one of them. I mean, they've used it with Bucky. I mean, we may be using it with Bucky very soon in Civil War. Well, and the brainwash, the Hydra brainwash thing happened to a lot of people. And it happened to people from S.H.I.E.L.D. People from S.H.I.E.L.D. were brainwashed into becoming, you know, agents for Hydra. So the fact that they used it on Creel is, is, oh, you know, they've, they've set that up. It's not out of context in the universe. It's not out of left field, but it does feel like a, yeah, a comic book reset, a, a cop out. Why can't he just be a villain who did those things because he morally is okay with doing those things and then you, you you kind of up the stakes a little bit and Hunter becomes even more right. Coulson is now working with a guy who is a murdering murderer who murders instead of a brainwashed guy who does it because he can't help it. Uh, it yeah. Well, and at a certain point, if he's a mercenary, I mean, it's almost Deadpool like. Well, at a certain point, if he's a mercenary, it's it's almost Lance Hunter like in some way. Well, yeah, I mean, Lance has been a mercenary, so he's know, not going back to that life. The point being, the brainwashing feels like a storytelling cop out rather than uh, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like there's a ton of arc. No, no. I mean, he's on the ATCU side now, which is means he's on Coulson's side, which means shields in bed with him. Right. Which is going to continue to make Hunter uncomfortable. Cause as he points out, we're still not even, even when he saved his life, mm-hmm. you know, if anything, it's been a distraction because Hunter literally left the room that he was, that he was in. But, but all of it now, because Creel was brainwashed makes Hunter look like, kind of the fool you know he he doesn't trust creel well everyone else should trust creel and i'm watching and i'm with hunter i don't think creel should be trusted uh, except for the whole brainwash thing and so yeah it, it was nice to see creel back but i wasn't real pleased with all the circumstances behind him coming back and feel like they could have gone into some maybe darker places by having talbot working with a guy who maybe is in a suicide squad type of of situation where he is being forced to work for Talbot. Why can Talbot trust this man with his life? Because if Talbot dies, he dies, you know, that kind of thing. Again, we're going into some darker places, some more, you know, gray areas at, at, at least some gray areas. Uh, maybe there's not room enough for the word that's in this episode. Creel, Creel, what needs to be done needs to be the episode. And the brainwashing does what needs to be done to get Creel there. But this is one of those few missteps this season. And it certainly doesn't ruin the episode for me. It's just, it's a, it's a nitpick. Not a minor one, but it is one for me. At least you're honest. I am honest. Almost all the time. (laughs) Almost. All right. I got about eight more things I want to talk about. So can I jump to another one? Good grief. Yeah. Um, Hot love in the city. Okay. I mean, those two kids have got a spark. 
if you know what I mean. They'll make you shake oh. just thinking about it. That's another misstep, actually. Isn't this where... Yeah. Well, we're the getting training, a lot of debate. The training, and then they fall to the mat. And Which, I mean, it's cute. Haven't we seen people do romantic training before? that all the time. Okay, and then... But, but I mean, we are getting an interesting We've seen debate. it in this show before. Well, but we're getting an interesting debate between the fact that they have different views we're and philosophies. We're getting a great like debate. A great debate. Their relationship is shadowed by the debate. And, and that storytelling, and, it's just the, you know, falling apart after punching each other and you know, that kind of thing. Well, and again, more holdovers from season two. Both of their views are impacted by mom and what mom thought about Terragenesis. And both of their views are impacted by what's happening to them. Lincoln seems to have a dark side, a dark streak that's coming out. Which we've been warned about. We've been warned about it and now we're seeing it. And Lincoln is on the side of what if there are other humans like, uh, oh, what's the doctor's name now? I can't remember his name. Uh, May's guy. Lash. Yeah, Lash. You know, what if there's more out there like Lash? And when he's talking about what if there's other people out there like Lash, he's saying, what if I'm like Lash? We should stop this. And then you get this debate about, is it a disease? You know, the the X-Men 3 kind of you know, cure debate that, that, that and they he's give. a doctor and she feels empowered, you know? So how can it be a disease when I've become my true self? Right. Well, it's a disease because it meets the criteria of disease is taught to me in medical school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a nice debate and it's well-timed. I mean, it, you'd almost think that they were leading up to some sort of big event that has to do with this kind of an argument. Hmm. Probably not. Well, they're going to... Probably not. This is going to get brought up on the show in the context of what happens in the broader MCU universe. Uh, It's not going to get brought up in the broader MCU universe. If anything, we're moving closer to maybe getting an Inhuman movie canceled or something. Yeah, yeah. But they're bringing up a lot of the stuff that came up with Civil War. But they're also bringing up... I'm reminded of the Mutant Registration Act. Very much. I mean, even their conversation in the lab almost sounds like a pseudo cure. Well, and the Mutant Registration Act in the 80s was, you know, we have all these mutants just cropping up all over the place. We can't just let that happen. And then you have this argument of mutants is who that's what I am. You know, this is not something that I've chosen, but then you can choose it by, you know, chewing the gummy fish oils. Speaking mm, of, you mm, got you mm. got a nice little compliment on I think it was on Facebook about someone calling you just the powerhouse podcaster who must have eaten some podcasting fish oil gummies. Mm, mm, mm. So good. I don't know what they were talking about, but they seem to think you did a pretty good job last time. Well, thank goodness we're back. <laughs> yeah. It's a good debate. It's a good debate. And and then we go CW. And we go see what every debate needs love. Oh, well, yeah. You You know what? I was okay with it, to be honest. They've, they've earned it a little bit. Well, here's the thing. It's nice that these two who are finally making some sort of romantic connection have this ideological debate between the two of them. That's, 
coming between them. It's not their their love triangle is them and their ideologies, not them and you know some other person thrown into the mix. And it's a nice it's a nice character development. Well, and it's real life too, because in my own romance, I mean, we have philosophical differences, Mrs. Butcher and I. Just not that puts, you know, the life of thousands of people on the line. They could. It really could. Okay. Because I like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and she doesn't. Still? Still. Does she know what's going on with with Mr. Ward? No. No? No. I wonder if she would like it. No. The world. Well, especially not now. Because if we transition over to him, she's not going to like it because he's really, really not good looking. He looks gnarly. I think he's getting some some of his looks back, though, based on the end well, of the episode. Based on the goo. <laughs> well, under the goo. He, he looks good under the goo. He did. I, I'll say this. If any one man can wear goo, it's him. Under the goo, that handprint on his chest was gone. And he was muscular. And the weird... I thought they were almost giving him like these weird gill kind of things in the makeup. I, I thought it was like an alien transformation that seemed to be gone too. He had his regular physique. It's a very fine physique that he has as well. One that I would genuinely like to have, but do not genuinely want to work for it. But I was going to say it just exercise and diet, man. Just yeah. 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 I know. I, I understand this, but well, and, and I think it's important that he gets that physique back because that way we can spend less on makeup and we can spend more time just actually seeing him do stuff because up until now, he's just been kind of eating and doing and not eating anything that's really helping. So, I mean, really Ward's a high. I still call him Ward. Hi. We learn a lot about high. Theory. Yeah. And lot. yet, and yet we, we don't learn much. Oh, I think we learn a lot, but we don't learn all of the answers. So so here's what we learn. He needs a dead host body, right? He likes wards. He respects Grant Ward. He likes Ward in general. I mean, he he, he loves that he has wards body, but he likes Ward as a person. He was a good recruit. He wants to keep this body out of respect. He thanks Malik for bringing Ward to him. Now, we also find out he needs a non-inhuman body to be a host. Yes. Because he can't feed on his own. Is it he can't feed on his own? He can't inhabit his own. He can't. I think they said. Must be. Can't, well, no. He uses the word feed. Yeah. And then he does. This weird thing, he actually starts talking in the the first person plural. Hivish. He's saying we. Which made me wonder, because at one point before that happened, he he put that ward dust all over Medusa's eyes. Uh-huh. And it made me wonder, is he now inside Medusa's eyes? Well, and, and he did he that. group consciousness. He did that last episode with uh, TV Magneto. And so with both of them... They don't seem to be under control. They seem to have their own personality, and yet they also—is it follow? 
are they order. following orders just because he's the guy giving orders, or is there more of a mind control kind of but thing? But at going the on? same time, they're disgusted by it because when they he he requests that they go get him five yeah. humans. Yeah, no, they, and he brings them and he clearly eats them. I mean, they're the source of the goo. He not only that though, they clearly have some form of free will in the situation. And yet there was this weird, you know, hive sand effect thing going on where he did something. He's in them. I I don't know. Is it just he's made them more likely to follow his his orders? It's, I don't know. it's not clearly defined yet. And that's what I'm saying when I say we, we still don't know much about him. We don't know how these powers work and we don't know how. Uh, we don't know what what's going on with those two guys with with Medusa eyes and, and TV Magneto. Uh, TV Magneto, the Iron Chef, <laughs> actually the chairman. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Hive is getting stronger. Yeah. So let's see. Well, here. and so let's transition back to Malik real quick, which is Malikos was given his mission statement. He, he's making the entire world think he's the good guy and that Coulson's the bad guy as the head of Hydra. But um, he's gives Coulson his mission statement. He's building an army. Yes, he is. And so this is where we're getting into some more ideological discussion. What do they do with the inhuman problem? Is it even a problem? I guess, I guess that's another bit. But what do they do about it? They can hide them away. They can give them a reservation kind of place where they're going to just put them all in one place. It's their own kind of, well, basically it's, it's like their own, their, their previous home where they were all just on their own in a world where it's just in humans. It sounds like a new Haven. Yeah. Or heaven. Yeah. It was heaven. Wasn't uh, it? I'm pretty sure it was say? heaven. It was, I think, hey, hey, heaven. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it sounds like a new heaven. But at the same time, I think we both don't trust, excuse me when I say this, sharp-looking Russian politicians in suits. <laughs> you know, we're products of the 80s. We have been We are. The Cold War impacted me as a child. Yeah. yeah. So like Talbot, I don't necessarily trust Russian politicians. Yeah. So the other the other solutions are basically you end up with an arms race where people are trying to raise their armies. Um, or find a cure. And so what are they going to do with the inhuman problem? But, you know, an arms race makes sense because they live in a world where there's Avengers. And if I was a world government, I would be looking for my version. Yeah. Because these Avengers keep doing things in the United States. Even though, the, I mean, it's the World Council that, that kind of uh, 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 kind of held the reins there. But yeah, it's the the Avengers are led by a guy with America as part of his name, and an American capitalist, and an American well, capitalist. Well, he used to be until he walked away, but he still signs the check. And a Norwegian god so, who likes to spend time in the United Kingdom because who doesn't? Right, life. right. So I mean, we're still we're still talking about the you know the West kind of thing here. Uh, yeah, the superpower Cold War. Actually, that'd be kind of cool if they if they did that. Uh, but the super, nobody nobody steal that Ben's writing. <laughs> the superpowered Cold War 
Oh, wait a minute. I already read it in the Ultimates. Oh, you've read it in more than just that. I think that you've read it in... Oh, I can't remember. There was a James Robinson book uh, set in the DC Universe with the Justice Society of America. That was kind of about that, too. But anyway, the superpower Cold War could be a reality and easily something that, that you would not want to have happen, where you have, again, the arms race going on with that. But, yeah, I just... There, there's some good arguments happening in this episode. I, I'm really enjoying some of the, uh, the ideological stuff that's just cropping up all over the place. And then you have cool fight scenes. Some really cool fight scenes where people are using their powers and... Bobby's doing hey girl stuff. Using their moves and using their weapons. And it's cool stuff. It's fun stuff. It's enjoyable. So do you have any more items? Those were my big ones. The watchdogs, Daniel. That's the you had your moment with uh, with. Dude, uh, you do realize you're talking about an episode two from now. Uh, no, they mentioned the watchdogs in this episode and Wait. I caught it. Yeah, they mentioned it when uh, Sky and Lincoln are having their lovers spat. They they mentioned the, these watchdogs who are, you know, going after inhumans or whatever. And the watchdogs are from my favorite Captain America storyline. One of my favorite comic book storylines of all time. Uh, and they they kill U.S. agents' parents and cause him to go off the deep end. And at the time he was wearing Captain America's outfit because he was Captain America while Captain America walked away from things when the government asked him to do things that he didn't want to do. And the good news, Ben, is that makes total sense to me. Yeah, yeah. But the Watchdogs were an organization that it sounds like is going to be something, although I think with the Watchdogs it might have been anti-mutant, but it sounds like it's going to be something like that. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, they're they're laying groundwork here. And it was cool to see that dropped. And I thought to myself, cool, they just referenced it. Uh, if you want to ever read that, it is a fantastic graphic novel. It's called The Captain. It's Captain America. And it's just simply called The Captain. It's Mark Gruenwald. And it is awesome, awesome Captain America goodness. So there's that I wanted to mention. But beyond that, Daniel, I don't have too much. No, I think again, maybe we we did well. I think we hit all the things that really truly matter. Okay. All right. And if we didn't, hey, it's not like we're getting paid here. <laughs> well, the guys, not... got to sleep sometime. That is true, and go on vacation to Canada, which is I'm why sure I couldn't start watching Daredevil when it dropped. I was so frustrated. And I couldn't watch Daredevil when it dropped because I was doing things with the family and lacrosse. My Netflix account didn't work because I was in Canada. And my Hulu account didn't work. Also, I just I want to give it the proper respect, man. I don't want to just be watching it when I'm doing something else. I want to take it in. Oh, I wasn't doing anything else. It was a very, very laid back. Like Man in the High Castle. Vacation. I finished it. And I finished it after Daredevil dropped. But it's because I was running it while making lunches. And Is that perhaps a post-credit conversation? Perhaps it will be, sir. Perhaps it will be. All right. Well, if that's it, we have uh, a little bit of feedback. Shall we do that? Let's do it. All right. 
Shield Field Report. Okay, so uh, we got some emails. You want to do that first, or you want to do our one recording that we have? Let's do like maybe two emails and then do the recording. All right, well, let's do it. Uh, email number one. Do you want to do from Agent Mark? I got it. All right. Hey, Chief Agents. Just to catch up from one of your your UK fans. We reached the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. mid-season break here on Sunday night and straight right back next Sunday. I was expecting a big cliffhanger that would, in, that would endow me with the ability to gloat over my transatlantic cousins about not having to wait months for the conclusion. But it is really like two seasons. Have the U.S. programs always had such a large Christmas break? In the U.K., we have shorter seasons, 8 to 12 episodes, so we never have that there's been a struggle with some of the episodes. While there's been outstanding episodes, there have been some low points that bordered on tedium. But that last couple of episodes hit the spot, and I enjoyed the SG-1 vibe. One saving grace for the season has been your episodes that entertain, inform, and illuminate about the episodes. You both are doing a great job, and I'm looking forward to listening to you in real time-ish and hear news that is up to date. By the way, do you know what happened to my country estate house? It seems to have blown up when I lent it to that bloke from the World Council. <laughs> Keep up the good work. And remember, it's not a hot mess. It's a Mark's Mess. Agent Mark. Shield Shameless Promotion Department. Mark's Mess Podcasts. Which Mark has got a great, great podcast about the correspondence of his grandfather during World War One. He does. He also podcasts about uh, comic books as well. And, and I will, I will just say this as someone who's done top military history, I really think it's a great, great project, a great um, way for Mark's family to chronicle the actions of their their family during World War One, but also a great way for him to share history about that period. Uh, I'm guessing that Mark's kids probably know a lot more about World War One than. Um, same Me? kids of the same age here in the United States, just because they've got a a reason to break into the history of World War One. They've got their grandfather who's left them this this almost living narrative. Yeah, yeah. My, and, my, and so it's really cool. It, and it's it's a <laughs> it's going to make us sound bad, but it's a worthy podcast. I mean, it, it's it's got a real significant value, historical value. Um, you know, my my uh, wife's grandfather left behind a, a diary of his time in World War II in the Pacific. Uh, and that's something that my son for a while was just reading over and over and over again. And yeah, it was it was a, a very, very important treasure, really, for the family. So the long break. So it really does feel like two seasons, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, and I think that they are tailoring themselves to that. You remember first season and second season, and there was these long extended breaks between the cliffhanger and um. Well, just, and I do think we have the extra re, the extra separation because of Carter. Right, but Carter, I think, was kind of a, a correction to the 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 long break problem, and a, a really good one too. I might add. I just remember growing up and again at a time when you couldn't DVR and I mean, reruns were important and sometimes in a season things would get reran twice. Yeah. Because that would be the only way you'd see it if you missed it the first time. Well, like with Star Trek next generation say, which was in syndication, uh, you could miss an episode and just know, okay, well 
during the summer, it'll be back and and it'll be okay. And that's not happening. You, you don't do reruns because it's online. It's on Hulu. It's yeah. not necessarily easy to find or easy to get to, but easier than it was. It, it literally, I did not watch this episode until a week later. Part of it was because I knew we couldn't record until a week later. But the thing is, is it wasn't like I was pressured. It was there. It was there for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I'm just blushing. I'm blushing with all those compliments, Mark. And, and honestly, I feel like we are kind of taking on that, that UK model of shorter seasons, uh, or series as they call it. Uh, it, it works. It works. You know, if you're going to be able to do 26 episodes in a row, great. Do the 26 episode season or series or whatever. But here in this case, this is nice. The short story and you feel like you've gotten something that you can sink your teeth into and you've got a beginning, middle and end. Nice cliffhanger. And then you'll come back later. So. And and I mean, if I was to spoil maybe something Nope, in nope. the post credit. Never mind. I won't. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just, I'm just throwing up a roadblock. I'm just saying it's nice to have some things tied off. Now, uh, talking about UK, I did read something just, just today that they're talking about a Captain Britain TV show. Oh, geez, we're in trouble. <laughs> Uh, maybe it won't be MCU. Maybe it'll be, uh, maybe be a, a BBC production or something. And we're going to be okay. Just as long as they don't make any tangible steps towards most wanted. Oh, if most wanted happens, we have to reevaluate a lot of how we do things. It'll work. It'll work out. Um, anyway, agent Carl subject bouncing back. Oh, fellow agents, just finished listening to last week's podcast. Great as usual. But I have to point out that Daniel. Oh, here it is. It wasn't a Facebook thing. I have to yeah, point but out. I should warn you, I don't actually read these beforehand. <laughs> but have to point out that Daniel took it to another level today, like level eight. I think those fish oil gummies have transformed him into a super host. I'm going to have to pick up some later today to see what they do to me. I, I, I don't know what he's talking about. Specifically. I don't remember. Apparently, oh, we haven't. We haven't good. met in two weeks. <laughs> Uh, it's great to be bouncing back to our agents. Really looking forward to them setting us up for Civil War and hoping for some crossover with Daredevil. Uh, speaking of crossover with Daredevil, there was some in the first episode. Wink, wink. It's not heavy, but it's good enough for me. Speaking of Civil War, that is immediately where my mind went when we looked into the future three months. Did we just get a glimpse of some of the fallout? Take a close look at the cross floating around the Quinjet. Although it is similar to the one Yo-Yo wears throughout the episode, there does, does appear to be a difference. The one in the opening scene has a very distinctive diamond shape up at the top that hooks into an oval around the chain. Yo-Yo's doesn't appear to have this, at least as far as we could tell throughout the episode. I'm hoping that the one we see in space wasn't a gift from Yo-Yo to Mac. I'd hate to put him on a death watch. Yo-Yo was a great addition to the Secret Warriors. I like the way she was showing off her powers when they were take, taking on Medusa. I was kind of hoping that Joey would get a chance to show off his to her. An off-camera melting into metal into a glob. An off-camera melting of metal into a glob is cool and all, but I wish she could have built something cool out of the remnants of the weapons. Could go on and on, but want to check out the chairman and inside man. Have a great week. 
Daredevil 2 and T-2. Make mine marvel. Again, thank you very much, Agent Carl. <laughs> I hope I didn't let you down tonight. Yeah, that's all we need is someone to inflate your ego even more. I'm here to keep you down to as earth, As Mrs. Butcher is often reminding me, nobody needs to inflate my ego. <laughs> well, hey, let's uh, hear some feedback from a uh, another agent. Here we go. Hello, agents Ben and Daniel. This is Agent John. It's been a while since I've reported in. And I'm not going to go on and on about all these kinds of things because, uh, you know, I've been stuck in a stasis cube. Hydra got a hold of me. Apparently they thought I wasn't inhuman or something. And I said, you know, have you seen my messed up, messed up show? There's no way I'm an inhuman. Anyway, I thought I would comment on the episodes 11 and 12 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I just have a few things to point out. Uh, the, the first one it has to do with Grant, who is now Hive. I guess he's not technically Grant anymore. It's Hive living in Grant's body. And listen, I, I think the guy's a great actor and everything, but I just think it's time to put this character to bed. Um, I know in the comic books, in comic books, it's, it's kind of a comic book trope that the bad guy keeps surviving. But this is getting a little ridiculous, I think. You know, he gets shot. He gets stuck on a planet. He gets his chest caved in. Uh, you know, what's next? He's going to get immolated and then survive that as well? Anyway, th that's all I had, and that's all I have to say about that. The next is about Yo-Yo. I don't know if you caught it or not, but there was a statement made about how her power works and that she can only move the... Di it's tied to her heartbeat, right? So as fast as she can move, she can go that distance in a heartbeat. So if she could slow down her heartbeat, she could go even farther before she snapped back. Huh? Huh? Maybe a little training in the future there to help her slow down her heart rate. And as far as the guess on the, uh, you know, that's just, that's just a guess as to that on, on what's going to happen. And I guess the other thing I want to say is that I'm glad Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is back. I'm really glad to hear you guys talking about it. And I hope I don't get stuck in one of those stasis cubes anymore because that gel stuff it got everywhere. I mean, everywhere. It was very pastoral, very uh, natureful. I'm sorry, I'm tense. Why? One of the few horror movies I've ever watched is The Birds. <laughs> wow. Well, if you if you're gonna watch it, watch one of the classics, right? Yeah, terrifying. Terrifying. <laughs> anyway. But you know, that's a good point about Yo-Yo's heartbeat, you know? No, it is. It is. So, and as far as Ward, though, this is a different character. This is yeah, not I, Ward anymore. Yeah, they're, they're retaining the actor, but he is a different character. He remembers things about Ward, but he's not Ward. Now, we may see Ward take over again or something like that who knows but as of right now i don't i don't think we're gonna have that no happen. i think i think the grant ward personality is gone 
All right. Well, let's see. Agent Jeffrey. I'm on it, sir. All we needed was one word. Gentlemen, after watching the last episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I was left with one irksome question. Where was the African delegate from? There are often lots of complaints about the movies and TV shows intersecting. Using Wakanda is an efficient way to do that. Maybe I missed them mentioning it, and this stink is for nothing. I don't have DVR or any way for repeated viewing, so I'll have to wait to see if my gripe is authentic. I also had issues with Australia having a seat. Unless it's revealed they got large amounts of fish oil there, there'd be no reason for that country to be represented over India or the EU. Okay, can, Ben, can I take the Australia part? Oh, I was going to take it, but go for it. The reason Australia has a seat is so we can mention Manifold. Uh, also, the reason Australia has a seat is this is not everyone. It's pretty clear that these are the people who are dealing with the problem and, and want a seat at the table. Now, to be fair, though, it seems like Australia only has one. And this is secret, though. This is all under the table. Nobody knows this is going on on an, an official capacity. And it, they're hiding it's a secret. who this one is, except for the fact that they brought a secret document with his name on it. Yeah. To Taiwan. But I, I, I think we've have, all been there. I, I think having Australia at the table is, is not a problem. But I do think you are. <laughs> really onto something though when you're talking about all you need is one word they could have just said wakanda and that's all they needed to say and it wouldn't really affect anything i don't think in my heart i wanted it to be wakanda in my heart but you know honestly too i don't know what wakanda's global standing is right at the moment is is wakanda an isolationist country as it has been sometimes in the comic books and they don't want to paint themselves into something by bringing in a character and that says one thing, but then we find out that, oh, it's completely different. Uh, let's remember, uh, Ulysses Claw, part of his offense is he went into, into Wakanda. You know, he went into a closed country. Yeah. All right. Uh, finally, from other Agent Ben, we get Subject Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Episode 12, Inside Man. Hi, Agents. Crazy Theory. Ward is Hive's Inside Man at Hydra. The episode started with a flashback and Ward's memory dump and Hive saying, Grant Ward, wish we could have met under different circumstances. Malik assumed Hive was talking to him, but it seemed like Hive was talking to Ward, to Ward's consciousness. Don't know the extent of how the past host memories interact or affect Hive. I was wondering if the sacrifices slash tributes through the portal served as food, but also as a limited news dump of Earth's current events. So maybe Ward's essence is still active and maybe Hive will become a superior Ward man. Thanks, agents. Other agent Ben. Ben Marvels at Marvel. Twitter at Marvels at Marvel. I, I like it. I still uh, think he's dead. Yeah, yeah. But, I said he but it's not a crazy theory. It's not it's a not crazy cra- theory. Not crazy. Not at all. We've seen crazier. Definitely. Mostly from you. Yeah, Probably. Probably. It's it's a fair cop. I think we need to wrap things up then, Daniel. All right. I, I would just like to say, Benjamin. Yeah. That Adrian Pastar has the uncanny ability to wear a long gown in a way that just brings forth both style and class. No other actor could have done as well with a mustache. <laughs> okay. Uh, you can... 
hold that opinion and I will not argue against your opinion. I will never say your opinion is wrong unless it's wrong. And then I would say that. So, yeah. Uh, do you have any other final? <laughs> no, that's it. That's, that's your it. final words on things. Okay. All right. And I guess I just have to say it's time for me to, to go and change Daniel. I think I need to put on some skinny jeans because right now it's all loosey goosey down there. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcometolevel7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're level7pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls, and you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. Once again, thanks for listening, and remember, welcome to Level 7. It's not just a podcast. It's a magical place. All right, Daniel, you want to talk about the man from the high castle in the high? Oh, castle? yeah. 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 I thought you would like it. And so that's that's pretty much my whole thesis here is I was watching it. I enjoyed it myself. It's a alternate history. Uh, it takes place in was it the 60s, 50s. 60s 60s so world war ii is long over but world war ii has been won by the axis by japan and, and germany and as i'm watching i'm thinking to myself ah that seems like something daniel would like ah the way that they're extrapolating history in this alternate history i, I think daniel will like that and there's oh what, i can't remember the name now of the the guy who played the main german officer is it is it rufus sewell is that who it yep. was yeah uh he was fantastic Fantastic. Very good. I was very, loving very him. Just a, a three-dimensional character who, oh, just great stuff. Great stuff from him. Uh, a three-dimensional villain that you both feel <laughs> anger at and sympathy for? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and then the end. And I want to talk about the end with you sometime, but I don't think this is the place to talk about the ending. Well, but it I, calls I'm into question what actually about... is going on. I, I, so here's the thing, I, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the ending in a non-spoilerly way, I I hope. So I think you're right. I liked it overall. I really liked seeing how they tried to work the two histories together to make it a realistic version of what would happen in the United States if uh, you did have uh, the Axis win. I'm going to be honest, it's, and this is a little offensive. I like the fact that it's an MCU version of Philip K. Dick's book. I actually started reading Philip K. Dick's book, and it's more science fiction-y than we really get here. Although there are some elements, not of science fiction, but of science fantasy, I think. Yeah, and, and I think you're right. I think well, But in, in Dick's book, the Germans are colonizing planets. Oh, okay. Well, so, I mean, yeah. they continue to expand. They're just expanding outside the the world. And I don't really think it's needed. 
in in the in in the show. I, I think it would just be a distraction. What I don't necessarily like is sometimes I don't really feel like the plot was going far fast. I felt like we were getting a lot of character development, but I didn't necessarily always feel like we were moving towards an endpoint. So even when I got into episode nine, I didn't necessarily feel like we were no, and we didn't go reaching a finale. And, and that's really what my problem is in the end. Going back to Mark's email, everything that they've been working towards, except for one thing, one thing didn't get resolved. So we don't really get a resolution on who's making the films, though it's very, very clear who the audience for the films are, mm-hmm. which I find to be honestly interesting to see who that audience is. Cause I almost feel as if the films are intended for that person. Yeah. I couldn't believe where they went with that. It was very, very interesting and very, but don't very you, don't you agree? exciting twist. Yeah. The, those films are for that person. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. I mean, th- that person is learning about the world and what could be through the film. Yeah. And, and those films then, that was what was surprising to me is that's where you're getting into some more your science fantasy yeah. where there's a supernatural or a super scientific explanation for where these films come from. And the mystery does not get solved, but the and, ending, and I would have been okay with that mystery, not getting solved, but there's just, but they built other... it up. No, if it had been the way they built up the films into something with, uh, where you actually see alternate versions of the characters in our episodes that we're watching. And so in, in doing that, you're just, Oh, okay. So what is this? Where did this come from? It's even deeper than just, you know, possibly staged or, or there there's, there's something going on here. And then you get to the very, very finale, the, the, the cliffhanger finale. And you're just like, what does this all mean? What does it all mean? It means there'll be a second season. It, well, it means and, they're and intending to be a second season. Yeah. And, and I mean, the very last scene I felt would have been perfect. Absolutely perfect for a cliffhanger into a season two. I would just like a little bit more resolution with what was going on with Frank, what was going on with Juliana, what was going on with Joe. I mean, you can argue that Joe's ending at least is a typical kind of season ending. You know, if they didn't have a season two, you could at least in your mind head cannon say, and then he went there and he was fine or not fine. Um, but I just, I didn't feel like it was fully, I feel like there's all these ends. They're just these ends. And I, I would have just wanted more of them tied up because it's really good acting and it's a pretty good, good story. But again, just tie up some of those endings. Yeah. It didn't feel. It didn't feel like they were headed, you know, like you said, they weren't rushing toward an ending for sure. They were, this is intended to be multi-season arc. And, and maybe they had confidence from Amazon. Maybe they had reassurances that they were going to get a season two. Now, if this was only a season one, I would have been very frustrated. As it is, I was mildly bemused, I guess. And, and I will say this. If that last scene does not pay off in season two, oh, they it, have... It, that, that would be the height one of poor storytelling. Only season one, and you ended it like that. I would have been okay with it. But if you go into season two and I don't get payoff from that, I'm going to be mad. Well, I, I wouldn't have been okay with it 
because it all the it asks the yeah the cliffhanger ending asks more questions than the season itself asks i think it opens up far more possibilities and strangeness and and it feels like a natural progression to go there but it doesn't feel like a natural end point at all to me anyway all right any more to say about this it's really easy to watch when making lunches in the morning (laughs) it really is fair enough and it did it you know it kicked me off to read the book. Rufus Sewell makes it worth watching, even if it ended the season and I would. He is so good. Oh, my goodness. He really is. And, I mean, you look at him and you're like, he's a one-dimensional villain. But you bring in the family aspects and you bring in his past history. And, I mean, like, if you want to talk about, I'll give a minor spoiler, a phrase that just lays weight on you. When he's asked by um, Reinhardt, or I think it's Reinhardt, Wegner, you know, when he's asked by his buddy, why don't you sail? And you just look at his reaction to that phrase and you're like, there's stuff going on in this guy. Yeah. He is complex. It is very, very good. So. All right. I think we need to close this one down, Daniel. All right. Well. It's not like we got anything else to do, buddy. All right. Peace out, man. Uh, Clicking here now.